Hello, and welcome to the Cinematic Comic Verse podcast. We are in the endgame now. Uh, we are, of course, reviewing Avengers Endgame. I am Davis. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Ryan and Corey. What's going on, guys? My curiosity is immediately piqued with a mysterious email you sent me before this. <laughs> yes. I I sent you... Um, I, I I was getting a little weepy at the thought of us nearly nearly completing phase three of the MCU. Uh, we've been through quite a few movies together. We've had a few uh, bonus episodes in between, but I have really enjoyed doing this podcast, and I practically on a whim decided that I was going to try and create something um, to I, 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 almost an homage to comic book stories told on the silver screen. So this is my fledgling attempt to to show that love and highlight uh, some some of our favorite moments from from movies and hopefully, other moments that, that we will get to review uh, in the future. So I, I guess with that, please enjoy. And Ryan, I should tell you, uh, I put a lot of spyware on that email before sending <laughs> you the clip. So, right. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry for that. I, I see you put two minutes and 42 seconds worth of spyware in this clip. I did. All right. Yeah. Go ahead and play it. All right. Relax, everybody. Uh, Batman. I, I'm, I'm hearing something. Yes. You're hearing something. Uh, Corey. Yeah. You are not viewing the uh, shared screen. Uh, Gotta watch something. Join, All right. Join well, the stream. Join the stream. Discord. I am an old person. At it at heart, maybe not in age. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Perfect. All right, we're starting this from the beginning, so everyone strap in for the beginning again. My, my bad, everyone. From from the top. I'll get it. It reminds me of a brief conversation I had with Davis about pausing movies and uh, built-in <laughs> bathrooms to uh, theater situations. But uh, yeah, let's let's start this from the top. everybody i'm here batman <laughs> dance off bro me and you <laughs> the narrative this is weaving is incredible Your ancestors called it magic, and you call it science. <laughs> well, I come from a place where they're one and the same thing. Became the king and queen of Gotham City. And God help anyone who disrespected the queen. What killed the dinosaurs? 
Suicide Squad. <laughs> I'm Batman. Iron Man. <laughs> you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? The real oh! question is, what are those? <laughs> Fine. Ashton Robbins always finds out, bro. Ashton <laughs> Robbins don't play. And flip. <laughs> oh, had to be in there. Had to. Missed that part, but that's my problem. <laughs> Supposed to be my lift home. How will I get out of here? Hey, oh, gee, I've got so many more stories to tell. Oh, guys. Oh, gee. Wow, even thrown in a clip from Teen Titans Go to the Movies. I I I really tried to um to cover the whole gamut. I <laughs> This this started as an idea of hey, it would be really cool if I made like a a a fun little like opening song for the podcast, and so I uh, got some like clip editor uh, software that ended up actually being for videos. So I did not do the best job. It it was not quite as slick as I wanted it to be. And it was also two minutes and 42 seconds. And I figured that would be a little bit long for a song that plays at the beginning <laughs> of each of our episodes. But uh, I, I hope that that captured a little bit of the good and a lot of the bad of... Um, comic book movies and and how they have you know how how some of these stories have made their way to the screen so uh that was mostly a gift for you two and hopefully our listener will enjoy it as well i appreciate it i felt like i was looking at the bully mcguire instagram page as i was watching or listening to it <laughs> there 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 was there was a disproportionate amount of Bully Maguire, uh, well, just mo like Sam Raimi Spider Man. Um, obviously, as many I am Batmans as I could. Find. That was my favorite part. <laughs> and Chris Pratt got like a lot of shine because he was in, like, he was Star Lord. I, I, I guess Guardians, because I, I used their song, but he was also whatever his name is from the Lego movie. Uh, so Chris Pratt got got the double dip as well. 
Well, I, that was great. I really enjoyed Thank that. You. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it was. I I will I will probably have uh, a better effort sometime in the not too distant future. Uh, but that 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 was fun to put together for now. Yeah, that's awesome. I too have had uh, the theme song thought, but I have not made any effort towards it. So you might beat me to the punch. Right. One day. I mean, yeah, not not to uh you know cross pollinate but you you made an incredible theme song for a podcast that you and i occasionally do with uh with with a friend and one one thing that you did that i was not able to do for this was take clips from actual episodes and and splice that in and i think that that may be the missing ingredient I mean, that took me so long. I know. And I was not dating anyone or married at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Just endless time. Yeah. (laughs) And all I would do at work is listen to your podcast. I I don't want to tell you how long it took me to make that. But I feel feel like now that I have done it, uh, the next one will, will be quicker well i can't but wait i could I, I was i could be completely wrong though so we'll see all right uh well thank you for for indulging me and and again i hope everyone enjoyed that um we're talking in game I, I i i guess before like before we dive straight in if anyone has any like comic book related news or anything that they've been reading that has been uh particularly enlightening enriching you also always have to ask Corey what sitcom she's been watching oh yes oh okay did i talk about american auto last time i don't remember you talking about that it's been it's been like a month since we've sat down to do this so okay well if i watched more episodes so even if i did talk about it um I came across this on Peacock when I was like, I am in a TV desert. What is new shows that are on? (laughs) And I really, really like it. It's basically the office, but everyone are executives at a automobile company. I don't know what the, whatever that's actually called. There's like a real industry that I'm not saying the right name of. Whatever it is uh, in I don't know, the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and they're just terrible at their job or mediocre at best. And it's just like awkward and fun. And you're just kind of making fun of executives and how they're bad at their job. And also how corporate America is just really inefficient. Um, and it feels too real for some things. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, it's just a good 25 minutes. And There's an initial, so the first season came out last year, had no idea. So you've got a decent number of binge episodes. I want to say it was a short season, so maybe eight episodes. And then they're partway through their their second season. Okay. So that has been a blast. So if you need a little binge, but also current TV, that's on Peacock. And then Ted Lasso came back. And I 
have screamed through a lot of the episodes. James, maybe not the biggest fan of watching Ted Lasso with me right now. <laughs> um, I, there have been, I just like, oh, like the very end, there's, there, has anyone watching Ted Lasso? Does anyone know this show? Yes, yeah. I've seen a few here and there, but I haven't actually like watched a lot All of right. it. All right. Well, there's a romance, not to spoil it, because now you're going to have to go back and watch it. Okay. <laughs> really important to my life. And there's a romance that kind of ended off screen before this season. And then you find out at the end of the first season. And I think it was like halfway through the first episode or sorry, in between these seasons, you you finally get acknowledgement of it at the end of the first episode. And halfway through, I was just like, James, I think they broke up. I'm not okay. James, what if they broke up? I'm not ready for this. They need to be in love. Like just, over just an incessant amount every time they were on screen and then they were when they were actually breaking up i was like no 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 i'm not okay with this so it's just it's, it's great it, it it's interesting how sports can be a <laughs> metaphor for so many other things um i i i, I too was similarly disheartened when when the breakup was made official yeah it, it it felt like it, it it was pretty heavily implied at at the end of season two, but then to get yeah. that acknowledgement was was unfortunate. So sad. I, I I believe this is going to be the the last season, right? Yes, yes. This is supposed to be the last season. Yeah, that sucks too. He'll oh, finally get his lasso. There's just. There's so much emotion in this season, right? I'm just skipping right over what you, that a great joke that you said that was, that was not at all too dad jokey. Not a great joke at all. <laughs> well, that's why I said it was not at all too dad jokey. Okay. That was sarcasm. Do you know what sarcasm is? Oh, sheesh. <laughs> I, okay, I'm also rewatching 70s show. And one time Kelso asked Hyde, he's like, do you know what sarcasm is? And Hyde is like, no. And then Kelso tries to explain it to him. And it is just <laughs> one of my favorite things that's ever happened. And I feel like I just keep say, like, keep asking people if they know what sarcasm is now. I've been hanging my head in shame this whole time. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> uh, I, I do have a question for you, Corey. All right. Is a... Uh, the Joel McHale animal control show any good? It does not look yeah. good. Oh, it is it's good. Actually, okay. So on the scale that I watch shows, there are certainly sitcoms that I stop watching. Okay. Um, I can think of two off the top of my head right now that are currently on that I was like, I can't keep going. It is not on that list. Okay. I will keep going. I. It's also one of the few shows James will not watch as much TV as I do. Mm -hmm. He likes silence. He doesn't need a show to be playing in the background, which is weird. Um, so but he has the TV you're watching as something in the background. Mm. So you know what the best thing, the thing that saved our marriage, there are two things that saved our marriage. <laughs> wow. Getting deep. <laughs> yeah, These, deep okay. Deep, I say this to a lot of people. And I think if, if people don't know me and I say these things, they take it very seriously. I feel like I've had people that are like really concerned about my life. Because I just say things like that. We've so. already established that I don't know what sarcasm is. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we when we moved to Seattle, we like upgraded our modem or something. And suddenly nice. 
Roku. We have a Ro- like we have a smart TV with Roku and the the app on my phone. You need all these details. Um, we do. Before when we initially got it, I had my Bluetooth headphones and I was like trying to use it, and the audio was totally delayed. So like on the app, you can say I want to use my my phone's audio and even like headphones that are connected to your phone. We moved here. The internet situation, magic. Now I can listen to it using my Bluetooth headphones. So it's playing on the TV. James cannot hear it. Saved our marriage. Um, I do also have a Kindle Fire. Like I'm folding laundry upstairs. We don't believe in a TV in the bedroom, but we do believe in Corey having a Kindle Fire because for $50, she can take her books and her TV everywhere. It's exclusively a book and a TV device. Would you ever consider getting one of those like like bendable wires above your bed <gasps> that you could attach the Kindle to and like put it in front of your head. Oh my gosh, Ryan. Yes. <laughs> I, I have t- talked about one a lot. My issue is I'm only addicted to two things in this world. One of them is popsicles. So okay. we can't keep like a large supply of popsicles on hand. The second thing is books. I am not good at telling myself to put down a book. Mm. So like if I get really into these just terrible book series, not very well written, but so fun, that are like on Kindle Unlimited, um, I will read them into two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. I like to go to bed at 10. And yet here I am way past my bedtime reading in bed. Um, so I think if I got one of those, I would never leave my bed and I would never stop reading. That's fair. So I, don't think I'm, I don't think I'm allowed to. What about just installing those in different areas of your house, wherever there's like a chair, basically? <laughs> I really like that. I really like that. Again, I have no self-control when it comes to books. Uh, it's really bad. It's really bad. I think I think the reason I don't consume comic books as quickly is because like there's a there's a clear delineation when like you finish an issue, at least when I read, you know, like on the Kindle Unlimited or not the Kindle Unlimited, um, on Marvel Unlimited. And so I'm like, okay, I'm on the next one, which means I should stop. Mm. With, with, you know, a 500 page book takes a long time before you're reminded you should stop. Fair. I, so uh, mm-hmm. counterpoint. Yes. Mo- most books that I've read do have chapters. Divas, nonsense. Actually, <laughs> one of the one of the most dangerous things is Kindle now has like a scrolling version of their book, so you're not touching pages, and there is no big break between chapters. Oh, you just no. keep scrolling. It's okay. Again, oh, they there. they know what they're doing, and they're ruining my life. <laughs> um, uh, I I do want to pivot back to TV real quick. <laughs> okay, Animal Control, totally watch. Is fun. Not an incredible TV show, but it's okay. it's a fun twenty five minutes. Uh, Charlotte was watching for the second time a show that I had never heard of, but I like I watched it over her shoulder a few times, and yeah, it really made me laugh. I can't quite remember the name, but it's Tina Fey, like a news show, like it's about like news anchors. Great news. Great news. Yes, that's what it was. That was really funny. Bing. I really enjoyed that such a good it's one of those shows that was canceled way too fast that's what charlotte was telling me well it's so good i think if it came out now it would have a lot more seasons um 
I, when did I it come out? It, ooh, that's a great question. I want to say five years ago. Let's see if that's right. What? 2017. 17, so, six years ago. Yeah, I mean, yeah. First episode, April 25th, 2017. Final episode, January 25th, 2018. So, I mean, you were yeah. like pretty much right there. Yeah, yeah. Have you watched it before, Davis? Never. Okay. I I, I just memorize when shows start and end. <laughs> so I don't have time to watch them. Uh, um, Davis, you and I have had a lot of conversation over the past few weeks about Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get too into it because we'll be here for another half hour based on how much just you and I have talked about it. But I went back and read his first like big series for Marvel secret warriors. And it was very good. Uh, a great Nick Fury story. Uh, and very, we, we read it for the first issue of that for the, uh, winter soldier episode. Oh yes. That was, that was a good uh, issue yeah and that is just like lightly scratching the surface of what the book is actually about and it's it's pretty good for most of the series and then like the third to last issue there's a big like info dump and you're like wait what and it kind yeah. of like locks all the puzzles in into place and that's a classic jonathan hickman move where I feel like in the future it's even more disjointed, but then all of a sudden there's one issue that connects everything and it blows your mind. And it was very I, good. I, I I have no doubt. Uh, I, I I have not read Secret Warriors. I have done done a lot of Hickman reading. Um, always thoroughly enjoy that. I I feel like reading Jonathan Hickman's work is like, I don't know, lo lo looking at like a mosaic or something and it's not quite coming together or, or, or one of those posters where you have to like unfocus your eyes where you're, you're looking at it and it's like, okay, there, there's a lot here, but I'm not quite seeing it. And then you get that one issue that <laughs> gives you like the cipher for the last 20 or 30 or 40 issues, uh, depending on the scope of, of the narrative. And you're like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> like now, now. Yeah. So the, the first 93% of a Jonathan Hickman story arc will be a bunch of trees. And then there will be like, five percent where it's like all right now here is the forest and then there's like what uh three percent after that no uh two percent right 93 five that's eight yes two percent that's like all right and here's <laughs> how it concludes um great great metaphor thank you and i was only part like you know very, very quickly undone by my math. Whew. All right. Um, <laughs> but yeah. that's been basically my reading. I've, I've kind of delved 
into Hickman and Bendis even more. I've talked about it previous episodes, but since uh, since those are the two main authors, they're basing a lot of like big events in the MCU around. I naturally find myself drawn to kind of being interested in like how the movies have taken ideas from both of their series. Sure. Um, I, I personally have been reading through all like, I'm, I know I'm playing catch up, so I'm sure that this will be embarrassing to tell you all, but I, I've been reading all the appearances of Obnoxio the Clown uh, <laughs> in, in the Marvel comics. So, yeah, r- really rich history. I mean, he's probably up there, top top five, top three, maybe even uh, Marvel villains. But that uh, he... that issue you sent us a picture of uh obnoxio versus the x-men yes it really made me laugh but not only that i looked into it and that's like his only like big comic other than like him being an obscure character in the early days now i wish i had bought it um (laughs) it's it's just a really hideous clown and the X-Men are all around him and he's carrying, is that Jean Grey? I don't know. Uh, a, a, a female X-Men character and she's like splayed out in his arms and he says, Hiya, kids! What's yellow and black and don't breathe no more? <laughs> and that's Obnoxio. I think he killed Jean Grey. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I believe he's loosely related with Deadpool now, but I might be wrong Uh-oh. about that. It it would make sense. No, I, I'm interested. I think Deadpool has some sort of like team that has like all the obscure characters, including like Hellcow and characters like that. Sure, of course. All right. Um. Well, we have a pretty big event <laughs> in, in the MCU <laughs> to cover. So let's let's jump right into it. Right. Um, we uh, again, we're we're talking in game. Um, we for for this, we read Infinity Gauntlet, uh, which is a Jim Starlin joint. And I will give. I, I'm I'm going to do my best to summarize this, not necessarily in the most succinct way, but capturing like the main plot points so that we can so that we can discuss them. Excellent. Um, we we read two through five for this in, in, in the in the first issue that we read for Infinity War. Uh, just as recap, Thanos contemplates his new power with Mephisto, his kind of aid, um, in his increasingly desperate attempts to woo Lady Death, Thanos builds a temple to her might and is still spurned. Meanwhile, back on Earth, the Silver Surfer is trying breathlessly to warn the Avengers of the impending threat. Thanos, blinded by his loyalty and frustration with Lady Death, eliminates half of the universe's population to prove his love. 
across the galaxy. We see terrible effects of this choice. Planes, uh, planes fall out of the sky, cars run off the road, and Earth's heroes scramble to help where they can. Meanwhile, the Skrulls see this as a clever act of aggression by the Kree, their mortal enemy. Unbeknownst to the Skrulls, the Kree similarly think that the Skrulls have eliminated their ranks. Back on Earth, Doctor Strange's house becomes a hotspot for those seeking to understand the unexplainable. The Silver Surfer tries to make a plan, while Avengers HQ scrambles to understand the breadth of the losses and who can be called in. Adam Warlock emerges from a literal cocoon and speeds to Doctor Strange's house to lead Earth's heroes. While Adam Warlock seeks to gain the trust of Earth's heroes and game plan, Thanos becomes increasingly unhinged, torturing his granddaughter Nebula and his brother Eros, and wiping out solar systems for his own pleasure. None of this brings him the satisfaction he desires, unfortunately. Uh, Earth and other realms all suffer further losses while dealing with the fallout from Thanos' madness. All this disharmony attracts the attention of godlike forces in the universe like Galactus, order and chaos, and the universe itself. After much planning, Adam Warlock leads a special team of, Aven of Avengers to battle Thanos, who dispatches them with relative ease. Next, the collective might of the Marvel gods square off with Thanos and nearly defeat him, but he still manages to prevail. Realizing the weakness of his corporeal form, Thanos leaves his body and enters the ether to become truly unbeatable. Unfortunately, spirits can't grip infinity gems, so Nebula's rotten corpse of a body grabs the gauntlet and she becomes all-powerful. Earth's heroes regroup to discuss how to get the gauntlet from Nebula, who has been driven mad from her unceasing torture at Thanos' hand. The heroes do the unthinkable and recruit Thanos himself to the fight, rationalizing that he gives them a real chance at winning. After a long fight, Adam Warlock eventually wrests the gauntlet from Nebula and proclaims that he is the new sheriff in town, but will be a merciful god. Thanos doesn't love this idea and activates an atomic bomb that he carries in his belt. <laughs> Thor throws Mjolnir at Thanos and sends him flying before the bomb detonates. Adam Warlock is joined by Nebula and the lovable Pip the Troll when he travels two months into the, into the future where he, visits, where he visits Thanos, who is living a quiet life on an unnamed planet. Warlock seeks counsel from Thanos on how to handle the gauntlet, to which Thanos responds, Endure or surrender the power. Warlock, filled with ennui at the prospect of knowing everything and handling every major issue, leaves. Thanos is grateful for his quiet life on the farm and prefers it to Warlock's burdensome mantle. So that is hopefully a, you know, good good rundown on on what we read in Avengers Endgame, or excuse me, <laughs> Infinity Gauntlet, um, and and I I tried to map out like the major plot points because unlike some of our other readings that are introducing us to characters or maybe drawing out like certain um certain plot points, Avengers Endgame, I I, I suppose Infinity War and Endgame map very nicely onto um infinity gauntlet so for for our readers who haven't been able to read it that's kind of the the long and short of it uh i i guess we can just kind of open it up to to general impressions anything that you enjoyed about the comic didn't like uh you know just th things that deserve mentioning uh interesting how adam warlock reveals that 
the only reason that Thanos is being defeated is because he wants to secretly. His subconscious is willing it. I, fi- I always find that detail kind of interesting that that's kind of... They have this built-in uh, deus ex machina. Yeah. Where it's just like, I have no idea how we're going to beat someone with all of the power of the universe. Uh, let's just say he didn't want to win. <laughs> I, I, I find that a really compelling part of Thanos's um, journey throughout this that so we, we, we learn in our reading that this is actually the third time that, that Thanos has kind of attempted this, this coup and, and each time he's thwarted. Uh, I believe that this is the first time that he's been able to collect all of the infinity gems or power gems or whatever they're called. Um, and, you know, put, put them in that, notorious gauntlet and and snap his fingers and and make half of existence disappear but each time his his ploys have been undone um by kind kind of by his own thoughtlessness or or um you know failure to plan and adam warlock points out that it's because as ryan mentioned deep down thanos doesn't believe that he is actually worthy to to wield all of this power. Um, so it, it, it it's an easy out, obviously, but I also find it just kind of an interesting character study. Yeah. And this, like, I do find this whole story pretty compelling, even though I think when compared to the movie... Uh, which obviously goes in an incredibly different direction than this does. And there's not really anything to compare to the movie, but it is uh, like, I still am on the edge of my seat and want to know what happens next in all of these issues, even if it is a bit more sci-fi than something like Endgame, which is still very sci-fi, but it, uh, there's a, I I don't know. There's a lot less things like I'm going to become so powerful that I'll forget that my granddaughter can take the gauntlet off of me while I'm a ghost universe cloud. Yeah, well, I, I think one thing that I almost wish in the comics, um, Adam Warlock said that brute strength brute power isn't enough and this will require a meticulous plan and i almost wish i recognize that throughout adam warlock was kind of doing that um but i almost wish it was less about thanos giving giving them the ability to win or giving um nebula the ability to steal the infinity gauntlet and instead was kind of about how power is in everything and they focus more on that concept mm, yeah. uh, which I, I feel like they had but they didn't use it everywhere it wasn't like the overarching reason that thanos lost uh, and i actually i do think though that was sort of something they used in the movie that that concept a little bit more yeah uh, there's there's things other than power 
what, Although what, there was no plan. <laughs> yes. What, one, one of the things that I thought the MCU did very well that, that Infinity Gauntlet and, and even like a lot of the comics to this day don't do quite as well is um, show the physical toll that that trying to harness the power of each of these infinity stones can take on a person like, you know, Gar guardians of the galaxy. Uh, yes! Yeah. Like Ronan, the accuser tried to hold the power stone alone and he was wiped out. Um, and, and, and obviously in game does a really good job of showing like the, the physical toll that, that it can take. I, I I think that Infinity Gauntlet has some really interesting explorations into the um mental. Yeah, yeah, like the 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 mental and the and the burden of 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 carrying this incredible power, but it it seems like anyone who can put their hand in that thing all of a sudden can harness the the power of all six stones gems yeah yeah i it uh, there is that uh delineation of thanos has a better grasp on it but nebula can't really take it which i i do think is cool and adam warlock he just he's he accepts it he can take it for some reason. Yeah, he, he was born for it. Yeah. <laughs> you 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 merely adopted the soul stone. I was I was born in it, molded <laughs> by it. Um, um I, oh go ahead. I, I was gonna say I do love how crazy Thanos gets in this comic. And also just death, this the theme of death and Lady Death herself just absolutely fascinating how how they just how we did go mad that even if it wasn't necessarily the infinity gauntlet it kind of was i don't know it was just a really fun theme of just him being bonkers yeah um i will say that i feel like infinity gauntlet is a great celebration of the Marvel cosmic universe. In, I agree. In contrast to Endgame, which is a celebration of the MCU. And I I feel like it's harder when at this point there's like 30 years worth of storytelling under uh the Marvel Comics universe under everyone's belt where it would be a bit it, like it it kind of is a celebration of all the comics because you've got all the characters it is a big event it's one of the the first bigger events i mean you've got secret wars which i think is more of that celebration of like marvel comics but it's also taking the best characters and this one kind of shows how it affects everybody uh but i i do think especially the story Jim Starlin is telling like he's obviously got more hands-on experience with all the cosmic characters and 
I I think it's cool how he can show like here's a story where the cosmic universe affects everything. And so we also get glimpses into how heroes on earth are dealing with it, how Krees and scrolls are dealing with it. And I don't know. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I appreciated that this wasn't exclusively like an earth centric story. Um, in in game tries to toe that line a little bit with with Captain Marvel saying like there are a lot of planets dealing with a lot of things right now but short of that it, it's it's a battle for for earth uh because that's pretty much all we know um and and, and so I I really appreciate the scope of of the battle and you know, one one of the things that that I want to talk about when we're kind of comparing and contrasting is just how the comics were able to bring in like these god level characters, uh, like Galactus, the Living Tribunal, the universe, <laughs> you know, to to fight, and how even they had to like bend the knee to to whoever wielded the infinity gauntlet um which it, i i i just think you know go, goes even further in explaining the the power that 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 tool can wield how basically anything can be bent into your own image uh with that power i i i also just because i don't know where else to put this thought Mm -hmm. I, I really appreciate the use of pink and purple in Infinity Gauntlet and like how the cosmic stories tend to embrace those colors a little bit more. Uh, and I thought maybe this is intentional, maybe it's not, but I, I appreciated that the in-game poster also leaned really heavily into that palette. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so. Not noticed that. Isn't pink there a heavy like couple pages that are like pure pink and purple yes what so, where was that i can't quite remember so whenever whoever was wielding the infinity gauntlet was battling against the like cosmic god level characters basically the pages just became a swirl of pink, purple, and yellow. That's right. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, just be, be, because like the 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 battle itself was like inconceivable. So there were just these very cool patterns that were going on, and and, and a brief description. Got to get that blown up and hung up on my wall. There, honestly, like there, there are so many, you know, like full full page spreads in in that comic that I that I would love to have as a print somewhere because it's just beautiful and there's like so much to look at, so much to appreciate. the The art in this is some of the strongest that I I think we've read or seen for sure. Who who is the artist? I should know that, but 
Was it? I will. Uh, let me look. Because I want to say something, but I might be very wrong. Okay, it, it is George <laughs> Perez. Yes. And Ron Lim were the two pencilers. I I, I thought that was a... Uh, I. I I, I thought that was a rhetorical question, which is why I didn't answer. I, I of course, knew that. Oh, uh, yes, of course. I was, I was just pausing. Who, for who didn't know that, actually? Dramatic effect, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know if there are any other, like, just kind of oddball thoughts. One, one thing that I thought was either really stupid or... Uh, clear evidence that Thanos planned to lose. Uh-huh. Nebula pulled the gauntlet off of Thanos's hand. Yeah. And then sent them all back to Earth or, or, or something. Anyway, Thanos was then pulled into Doctor Strange's foyer and we see his 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 naked hand. Uh, because obviously Nebula has his his other gauntlet, his glove, whatever. And then as soon as they go back to fight Nebula, he is wearing two gloves again, which makes me wonder, did Doctor Strange apparate a glove for him? Does he keep other gloves on hand <laughs> in case the gauntlet is stolen? And if so, I, I think that's a very powerful reminder of this subconscious doubt that he has and his self-sabotaging nature. That was beautiful. Interesting. Thank you. I mean, if if you're gonna if you're gonna rule the galaxy, who packs three gloves? <laughs> Unless you want to give up your ultimate power. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, um, no, please. Okay. I had 0.05% written down, and I am just trying to rack my brain. What did that mean? What was that number? What was 0.05%? Is that what was left? No, is that how many, what their chances were? Yes. I think that might have been what their chances were. Like, after what what was it like after the the marvel gods i will call them joined their joined their cause or or something okay no i remember so adam warlock and silver surfer were off somewhere right and silver surfer was like i need to go help i absolutely must help and adam warlock was saying no I have a plan, but we have a 0.05% chance of winning, uh, even with this plan. And that's like, uh, and we have to follow my plan perfectly in order for us to even get there. Um, and I, it was really interesting to me how the comic kind of showed the orchestration of yes. how the end came through Adam Warlock and um, the stakes, how how they would possibly do it and how they're just kind of throwing power, but also uh, very intentional about things. Yeah. There, there, there was like wave after wave after wave of like 
subterfuge or like (laughs) Adam Warlock was basically just throwing throwing bodies in in into like the the lawnmower of Thanos waiting for the right moment to to make his move and it like it eventually ended up working but it was pretty pretty crazy oh my goodness uh i i i was going to say something about like the blood you know that that, that was spilled but i need to point out so thanos after being spurned by lady death for like the fifth or sixth time creates his perfect mate named taraxia who is basically just a side piece to to make lady death jealous she who don't is know. also basically just him in female form a la Bugs yeah, bunny purple lady <laughs> per- so purple lady fights spider-man and in like she she defeats him but we see that she basically kills him with a rock. Like she, she, she takes a large like slab of concrete or something and is bashing Spidey's head in. And, and, and and we see her lifting a bloody piece of cement over what can only be Spider-Man's mangled corpse. I thought that was very dark, especially for Spider-Man. Um, Do you think his last words were, didn't know this was a rock concert? <laughs> Classic Pizza. Spider-Man line. Pizza time. Pizza. <laughs> um, yes, I, I, I thought that Adam Warlock, as like to, to Corey's original point, Adam Warlock is like the commander knowing the like knowing the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end was was really interesting because I mean at no point did it seem like they had a had a handle on things and every time that Adam Warlock would dispatch one of his like Hail Marys like sending the Silver Surfer at the exact right moment to go speeding by and try and grab the gauntlet and then missing it's like oh shoot okay well darn uh but obviously they still won because adam warlock knew knew thanos's soul uh it it and and then to to back up just a little bit further Corey, Corey, you mentioned that um that 0.05 percent in in the movie uh, Doctor Strange says that they they only win one outcome among fourteen million six hundred five, and if you if you actually break that down, that actually is point zero five percent exactly. Job, oh, wow. that's awesome. Oh, guys, I'm just kidding. That that that, that that's like <laughs> a five and that, that that's like five and a thousand. <laughs> you know we're bad at math. Oh, I. Terrible at math. <laughs> it was fourteen million. <laughs> yeah. Point zero five percent. All right. Let 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 me point zero five percent. Um. As no, a no, no, no. You don't have to illustrate how dumb I am. 
All right. I will not tell you what that fraction is. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, One in 20. <laughs> it's interesting, too, how many people tried to play the long game against Thanos, like Mephisto. Yes. Just kind of sat there, and he was doing pretty good, too, kind of uh, whispering some ideas into Thanos that he took as a counselor. And eventually he, the second he decided to turn, he was like, no, you're not doing this. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Doom, I feel like was set up to play the long game, but I feel like that kind of fizzled out. He just kind of joined the team in the end. Yeah. He, he, he like lunged for it a little too early. Dr. Doom was the guy on like a reality TV show like Survivor who he he was the first one to play the game, you know, like he he, he was the first one who said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. And everyone turned on him because he was playing the game too early. He's like, I want that gauntlet. And they're like, no, get out of here. And yeah, he did. He just got out of there. Yeah. Um. Also, I don't know if we could call this the long game, but death. Just sticking around the whole time, but yeah, never giving Thanos what he wants. And Thanos never forcing her to, even though he's very obnoxious about it. And he's basically trying to force her to without forcing her to. But kudos to yeah. death for not giving in. De- death was one frosty mistress. And her character design looks yeah. very, very, very similar to Raven from Teen Titans mm. in the DC universe. Who George Perez also was the original illustrator for the new oh. Teen Titans, at least. Book it. Um, all. Is Death still married to Deadpool in the comics? Ooh. Uh, Corey, I'm I, I'm I'm gonna defer to you there. I am looking. Let's all look. Let's all be quiet for a minute <laughs> and just like give the best comic book ever. Um uh it it looks like they broke up and officially called an end to their relationship sometime before August 27th, 2020. All right. So 3 years ago. They're done. Yeah. But I always thought that was a funny decision. I think that is a beautiful idea. And <laughs> now I'm just going to have to go back and look at it. Uh, uh, apparently Thanos, uh, well, at, at least in Earth 616, Thanos was the one who cursed Deadpool with an inability to die because they both love death. And Oh, then he can't be with her. Yeah. That's cute, actually. I really like that. 
Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, all in all, if you've never read Infinity Gauntlet, I recommend it. Yeah, check it out. Yes. Um, yeah. All right. We will uh we'll we'll turn our attention to Avengers Endgame. Um this this came out on my birthday, 2019. Ooh, wow. Uh it had a whopping budget of 356 million dollars but don't worry because to date it has brought in almost 2.8 billion uh so a wise investment from disney the true number one box office yeah in my mind i i am so sick of james cameron (laughs) re-releasing his stupid the, 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 those blue little perverts running around <laughs> and just sticking their ponytails in anything and everything and breaking the record again and again and again. Enough. Gnug. Um, uh, just just re- real quick. Yeah, please. I, I like the Avatar movies. I'll go on record that I enjoy them. That, I be- that being said, who are the people who are seeing that movie again when it's when he does these re-releases. No. I... <laughs> Very... I, I, <laughs> just a resounding no from Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I... It annoys me how much I like the original Avatar movie because I find James Cameron so unctuous, but I also am really annoyed that Disney has censored their version of Avatar to not include like the, the ponytail sex under the life tree. (laughs) Like, Like that, that scene is not in the movie. If you, for whatever reason, are listening to this podcast and you're like 13 years old, what I just said makes no sense to you because you've never seen the real version. So I Uh, will say that the version on Disney Plus is the original theatrical version, and that scene was added in the Blu-ray or the DVD, the the release, whatever it is. We might have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I learn to discover wondering the same thing i'm shocked i'm aghast (laughs) i i i as soon as this episode is over i'm ordering it on blu-ray so that i can preserve (laughs) preserve the real artist's intention um but no i i i can't imagine anyone going to see avatar just to you know get more I don't know like like five minutes of of, of b-roll footage um yes but... and I I am confirming now that the theatrical cut did not have that scene but the extended version did I oh. cannot believe that <laughs> that is wild well thank you for telling me um 
<laughs> Which maybe the extended edition was in theaters months later. Yeah. So I, maybe maybe that was the version that you did see in the theater. My my main memory of seeing it in theaters is that I went to see it in 3D with my dad. Uh, brief technical difficulty is going on right now. Uh, as the person recording this episode, I no longer hear Davis or Corey. And so whatever Davis was about to say about his dad seeing Avatar is uh, going to be on hold until we get back into the episode. If Oh, are you guys back? Yeah, we've been talking. Yes, so I was just explaining to the audience that because I am the one recording, everything you guys are saying is not being captured in the episode. So the last words we heard was, my memory was seeing Avatar in theaters with my dad. Oh, you missed a lot. You missed a lot of stuff. I can't decide whether I retell the story or... If Do we got bonus footage for the oh. theatrical re-release of this episode. That one. <laughs> for sure that one. All right. We'll 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 hold it back. I went and thought with my dad. It was good. Um all right. Avengers Endgame. Directed by the Russo brothers. Adrift in space with no food or water, Tony Stark sends a message to Pepper Potts as his oxygen supply starts to dwindle. Meanwhile, the remaining Avengers, Thor, Black Widow, Captain America, and Bruce Banner, must figure out a way to bring back their vanquished allies for an epic showdown with Thanos, the evil demigod who decimated the planet and the universe. Um, This is, in practically everyone's mind, the crown jewel of the MCU. Uh, It was a spectacle among spectacles. The original Avengers in the credits literally had like little cutscenes where their signatures were, were playing across the screen and to date, the portal scene is probably the best theater experience I've ever had. Um, a cap on your left. And then <laughs> the, the, the portals from Wakanda and the, uh, Sanctum Sanctorums across the globe opening up and showing our heroes just goosebumps, single teardrop moment, big, big, big movie. Uh, so I, I, I guess maybe we can start with just kind of like general impressions of the movie. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure if there was anything new that jumped out on this watch uh, or or anything that you just want to highlight about the movie. Uh, still gives me chills every time I see five years later slowly pop up on the screen. Mm. And like, I, there was a lot of speculation in my mind going into this movie as someone who had read Infinity Gauntlet and wondering, like, are they going to somehow like bring in death? Are they going to somehow bring in adam warlock are they gonna like because adam warlock was teased at the end of guardians 2 and i was like 
like they did end with the iconic half the universe is gone with infinity war and so i was like what is going to happen and just to have that moment like 20 to 30 minutes in of everything that you could have possibly speculated is not going to happen because the infinity stones are destroyed and we're jumping five years in time. Truly a cool moment, especially with the expectations after waiting a couple years after infinity war. And to this day, like thinking about that and then seeing the five years later pop up really awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think general impressions, this is, I, the more you think about it, like I remember after seeing it for the first time and a few weeks later, holes were starting to be poked in the logic, but it truly makes like the previous 22 or 23 movies. I can never remember how many, uh, like one of the most unique experiences in cinema where never before have you seen like a 20 something movie lead up and all of a sudden it it all ties together. And a lot of the uh, things that have been built up kind of end in a really satisfying way, including things that you didn't think mattered like scenes from Thor the Dark World or scenes from Age of Ultron where you get a hint that maybe Captain America can can lift up Mjolnir mm-hmm. or uh, uh, the tease of Avengers Assemble in a few of the movies but it never being said until this like final final moment there's a there's a lot of little payoffs like that on top of seeing every single character in the same movie that you've been watching for over uh 15 years or 10 years whatever it was at the time and so i don't know there people kind of poke holes at the time travel and all that stuff but when it when it comes down to it, this is really like an incredible feat, and I I really do think that like if you stopped watching Marvel movies right here, you would be good because they do it so well. That's what, I'll get off my little soapbox now and allow you guys have some to have some general thoughts. Um. I I was very surprised. Okay, so I want you to understand that I forget everything. And this has been a number <laughs> of years ago. So where are we? We they the Avengers find Thanos and he tells them, like, I don't have the Infinity Stones, they cut his head off. I didn't remember how we got Thanos back. Oh yeah. And I was like, I'm pretty sure what happens next is this was a trick. Like he had used the Infinity Gauntlet to trick them. He did not destroy the stones. Like something like that happens. And then they have this whole plan 
and, and somehow we get to the fight scenes. But it's like that version of Thanos. It's our current Thanos. I completely forgot all of the other bits. <laughs> and I think I was kind of going off the comic where like there's there is a lot of of fake reality within it where Thanos kind of uses um uses the stones to to yeah, to like predict what's going to happen and then create a reality around it. I was incredibly shocked throughout the whole rest of the movie <laughs> as to what happened. Um, it was like a brand new movie to me. Um, wow. And I I feel like some of it actually wasn't as good of a payoff as I remember the first time. I was like, oh, this, this, this is not hitting the way it did when I hadn't seen it before, even though I felt like I hadn't seen it before. Um, but... <laughs> The things that really hit still were all of the emotional pieces. Those I still felt to my core. And I feel like they did an incredible job with that. But the general storyline almost felt um, anticlimactic, where Thanos comes almost by accident because of Nebula. And uh, there were a lot of points where I was like, this doesn't feel super like this is just a battle scene this is not uh it, it's just chaos it is not a strategy or like for everything to lead up to this chaos doesn't feel worth it i don't know it felt weird that that part of it did but i liked everything else yeah so it, i think that's fair oh go ahead davis well i i, I was just gonna ask like if if I understand your point, Corey, like mm -hmm. the the final battle with was with what I call 2014 Thanos. Yeah. Um and and so did you feel like that Thanos getting the final battle, you know, to 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 end all battles, that that was just like like stolen valor? Um, yes, I, I think it was because like you get Thanos and you kill, oh, like current time Thanos using, I don't know, dumb luck. Like you, they, they brought together a team and they're like, we're going to try this and they kill him and it's done. And he almost like lets that be the ending. And then we go back in time to... Did you say 2012 Thanos? Whatever. Pre. Uh, pre Stone. Oh, 2014. We get 2014 Thanos. And instead of. Like in the, in the comics. There is this. Execution of a big plan. And might and strength. But also brain. And it felt like everything was leading to something. Whereas this. All of the work. They, they struggled for five years. There's all this emotional toll that everything has taken. And then they do this big um, journey to get the stones. And they bring everyone back. And then Thanos. Oh, picking up a lot of tapping. That's me. I know. <laughs> Sorry. Ryan messaged me and then I read it out loud. I, I was trying uh, to be subtle. <laughs> I am not a subtle person. I'm just like leaning against my my desk too much or something getting really worked up <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Anyway, all of this to say, I feel like, yeah, they're like, it just, it just happened where everything was just really well thought out. And then they were like, but how do we get Thanos here? How do we have a battle? How do we have a scene that, that ties everything together? And it's just like, well, let's just bring them. Let's just bring them here. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I, I think the first time that I watched the movie, I was definitely more on Corey's side. Like, I, I I am not someone who seeks out spoilers or like fan theories or whatever. Um, I I like any good nerd will <laughs> unintentionally adopt like my favorite pet theory before a movie and then be a little disappointed when that isn't shot for shot what happens when I watch a movie. Um, but this was like so subversive because it strayed so far from infinity gauntlet so far from like anything that I could have uh, guessed. I, I did have one Facebook friend who was insistent that Ant-Man and the wasp introducing the quantum realm meant that Avengers Endgame was going to include time travel. And I was blown away by the accuracy of, <laughs> of his prediction. Yes. Yeah. So uh, shout out Dan Brixis. You, you nailed that one on the head. Incredible. Um, but I like, Watching it the first time, I was overwhelmed by how different it was from what I was expecting. But seeing it now and and, and watching it, I I appreciate this this level of storytelling. Um, I I I think that letting twenty twenty four Thanos die the way he did completed his character arc. Uh, because the MCU Thanos appears to be motivated very differently from the comic book Thanos, uh, which which we can talk about. Like, after the snap, Thanos had completed his work, which is which is why he went to that you know farmer's life that that alludes to the the quiet life he leads at the end of Infinity Gauntlet. Like he was done, um, and. It was shocking to see Thor just absolutely decapitate him within the first 30 minutes of the movie. But to me, it made sense for the character and bringing in 2014 Thanos. And for the record, I call him 2014 Thanos because I believe that we see that Thanos on Morag when Peter Quill is going to get the power stone. And yes, yes. that came out in 2014. So I, I, I just call him 2014 Thanos. Um, you know, like he's still hungry. He's still got that dog in him. Cause he, to, to him, he hasn't snapped anything. So he, he made a good villain without like discrediting the work that, that infinity war <laughs> Thanos did. Um, yeah. They they but, also did their best to give him a reason to be a 
a little more menacing, even though he you could tell he doesn't have quite as much experience as the other Thanos that we see. Uh, his new uh, goal is to rebuild the entire universe with less people so no one can stop him ever again. Which I, I thought was a an interesting choice. Yeah. And, and and frankly, that they're a little more damn grateful. Like, geez, people. <laughs> he, he's he's trying to make life better for you, and you just keep trying to kill him. I, uh, I would like oh, to say something completely obvious. But yeah. I I feel like it needs to be said. The Russo's did a far much better job at these two Avengers movies than Joss Whedon did at his first two Avengers movies. Oh, one hunt keeps saying it. Yes. Uh, but I think that's because the Russos understand these Avengers movies need to build off of what the MCU movies have established where I feel like Joss Whedon established that he wanted the Avengers movies to be more like the comics. And I, I think that was his downfall in age of Ultron where he was just like, all right, in order to build the story I want to build, we need to get vision in there. We need to get Scarlet witch in there. We need Quicksilver. We need to get all these people in here and i i do wonder if he was in charge of these movies if death would have been a part of the infinity war and endgame movies uh and i do think that it was very smart of the russos to just be kind of like this is a celebration of the mcu and we're only using the mcu canon to kind of like give this the proper finale it it deserves right so let's let's talk a little bit about i i I guess ryan you you made a point we basically have three versions of thanos that that we can kind of compare and contrast um we have the comic book thanos who feels this neat like he he is courting death right uh, oh yeah avengers post game credit or <laughs> post <laughs> credit scene um we're not talking ted lasso here yeah i know Whew. uh he we you know to to fight the avengers would be to court death and then we see purple hulk and he smiles <laughs> uh ooh. um we have like the main movie Thanos, Infinity War Thanos, who I affectionately call an eco terrorist because he he's basically trying to save the world by destroying the world. Um, and then we have 2014 Thanos, who wants to use the Infinity Gauntlet to basically wipe the slate clean. And then create life, but create a more gracious uh, populace that that he can oversee. 
I, I I'm I'm curious like where who who do you all find the most compelling? I I, I will go ahead and throw out the idea that 2014 Thanos is probably the least compelling to me. Yeah. I I feel like it's got to be Infinity War Thanos. Even though you're right, the eco-terrorism thing is the least compelling like it's not really like as compelling as as love is, I guess you could argue. <laughs> uh but his love is so weird in the comics that I don't really feel like it's that compelling. And it's mostly him having a fantasy of death and her not fulfilling that and him getting mad about that. I definitely, I agree with it's that Thanos. Um, but I, I think part of it is because it relates so perfectly to all of the horrible leaders that we have seen kind of take over large groups of people. And, you know, I, I'm thinking a la Hitler, uh, where you have this concept that speaks to the current time, the current people, the problems they're facing, their needs. And, you know, Thanos gets a following of people who all are like, yes, these planets or these places are overrun and we need we need less people and and even tony stark and in, in, was it tony in endgame is like he's almost like this is the it like ugh, the planet is doing better without all these people you know it is it is working even though he still thinks we need armor over the earth it's a great dilemma um, <laughs> anyway but that is so clearly not the point where Yes, that's what he tells people, but from his actions and and also some of the message, you know, it's about power and it's not really about environment or balance. It's about him winning, him gaining popular, like all of these things. Like it's an ego, maniacal leader thing, uh, which is why he's killing all these people. And I, I think we see that throughout the movies where that's really him i guess actually now that i'm saying all of that that is also why i feel like i wish we had a little bit more of thanos pre-kill because i almost don't believe that he would just build himself a planet and get rid of the stones it doesn't i don't know it doesn't track with everything for me oh cory you're you're yeah. you're falling for the oldest trick in the book Th uh -huh. thanos he he's not new to this. He's true to this. I mean, th th this is his life. Like it, it, it's his life's work. Um, it it is, however, kind of hard to imagine. You know, doing this mighty thing and then thinking, "Hey, we're we're good." You know, we we did it. Um, comic Thanos reminds me of that meme like men will do will will, will literally do x instead of going to therapy yes! we're getting some feedback uh oh testing all right sounds good okay excellent um yeah like the 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 comic thanos 
men will literally destroy half of existence and then move planets willy nilly to spell out their name instead of going to therapy. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 like, I hate it for you, dude. I. It's, it's very in line with '90s comedians at the time. <laughs> men will get all the infinity gauntlets or in all the infinity gems and you know they'll they'll hit you with the big stick because they can i don't know that was really bad i was trying to do like a mix of seinfeld and tim <laughs> allen and couldn't think of any of their jokes lady death really do be shopping <laughs> uh. yep um yeah, I, I mean, I I appreciate that we have like these two variations on Thanos. Technically three, but we'll we'll call it two main variations on Thanos, and it, it's it's fun to kind of compare and contrast their motivations and see how the plot almost develops from there, uh, because the the comic book Thanos was way more unpredictable and it, it, it didn't really feel like he cared about the fate of the universe as long as death would accept him as a, I don't know, lover, mate, boyfriend, friend with benefits. Um, One of those. And yeah. <laughs> do Hey death, do you like me? Yes, no, maybe. <laughs> um, anyway. So an another thing that I thought Endgame did really well was add a lot of depth to some of the characters that maybe hadn't gotten as much shine before. So the, the, the movie starts with Hawkeye, with the family, yeah, you know, te teaching his daughter how to shoot bow and arrow hey we're having hot dogs yay and kind of seeing seeing the the personal devastation of the the awful arithmetic of him being the only person to survive the blip in his family and how that turned him to ronin and this and that <clears throat> i gotta say i'm just gonna interrupt you real quick yeah please uh Hawkeye's Ronin haircut was not good then, and it will continue to age very poorly. I I agree, and I don't know what happened with that haircut or the styling or whatever. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, I love you. Glad you're up and walking and like you know on the road to recovery. It did something to his nose to make oh. it look so bulbous I, I i i can't explain it um what what do you I, think I, of the haircut Corey? oh uh, sorry i i immediately interrupted i need to know the extent of the bulbousness i mean we're 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 get we're like we're not in wario territory but we're close <laughs> i think so when he put his hood down and like that initial exchange happened where you first get the reveal of what he looks like right now. I quite liked it actually. 
Okay. I thought he really owned it. The rest of the movie, I don't know. Did they change it? Is the styling different? I didn't like it. Uh, something happened. It's different. Maybe it also just needed more time. And then I was like, oh, no, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. However, Bucky's hair, I actually think that like in the, one of the end scenes, I was like, no, this is really working. The long hair, it's it's okay now. <laughs> Did he have longer hair? I, I, I genuinely don't remember. So him. up until now, he's mostly had longer hair, but there are different, I don't know, different wigs, different cuts that don't look good. And in this one, I think he, uh, they did a good job with it. It doesn't look weird. I don't know. Like it, sometimes he almost looks like mom-ish with the sure. long hair, or like a Rachel. I don't know. It's, uh, it's better now. <laughs> yeah. No. That 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 that's an apt comparison. <laughs> um. I I do want to point out two other parts of the movie, especially in relation to my little brother. Oh, okay. Who he did not see this movie in theaters and wow. neither did my dad. Uh and I had the pleasure of watching it for the first time with both of them. Uh and when I watched it with my brother and and my dad had kind of been in and out. He recently watched all these movies in order to kind of like understand the MCU a little bit more. And it was fun getting texts from him, like his like realizations of like what connections were there. And he's like, Oh, the Tesseract, that was one of the infinity stones this whole time. And so I, I truly enjoyed that. Uh, but when I watched this with my little brother, who is a, a big, uh, a big Marvel movie fan, but he was uh, in Costa Rica, the classic for two years on yeah. a mission. Uh, and so he wasn't watching movies that whole time. And when I watched it with him, I was very excited to see his reaction to Thor's fate of these movies, because my brother is very much into bodybuilding and exercise and stuff like that. And to my delight, he was very disappointed that Thor was fat. But I think that is one of the greatest jokes. Uh, not quite as good as Mary Poppins, y'all, which I, I do notice that you put in the... Uh, that is why you asked what our favorite jokes were earlier this... Yeah. Uh, uh, like a couple weeks ago. Was in the uh, the montage you provided for us at the beginning. Uh, but I do think it is hilarious that they're like, let's take the most ripped dude in the MCU and just make it so he's going through a crisis and gains a bunch of weight. I think that's really funny. Well, and and I also liked it because like, that's Thor. Like, like the the, the Norse yeah Thor. the Norse Thor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, uh, real quick, the other moment I want to talk about that. I was very delighted because my little brother was, he gasped when this moment happened with such delight. He was like, 
no way was when Captain America grabs Mjolnir. And I do think that's an amazing payoff and just a great moment. And I, I don't know. I'll have that forever stuck in my head of my brother just like gasping audibly when that happened. Uh, but go back to Fat Thor. Oh, no. I mean, Fat Thor rules. That, that, that. <laughs> I, I don't understand why, um, why the Russo brothers and Marvel, like the MCU seemingly collectively won't allow people to call him fat Thor and insist on calling him bro Thor, because mm. I think that's stupid, but, um, I, I, I need you to explain to me why Captain America could lift Mjolnir in an in game and not in, uh, not in age of Ultron. Like I I've, I've read articles about this and it's something about how like Bucky, killing the Starks and maybe Captain America knew that or something. I, it, it, it has something to do with the fact that like Steve had something on his mind or in his heart that didn't allow him to be completely worthy. I, I think that there are our only theories and I actually had never heard what you just told me. Oh, okay. uh, and my head canon has always been he's always been worthy, but he didn't find that party an opportune time to uh, reveal that to everybody. And so when he lifts it up a little bit, I think he kind of realizes it and doesn't actually lift it up because he doesn't want to be like, look what I can do. Look that. Uh... But that that's what I always thought, and I don't think there's an in-canon, like, explanation. And so maybe he wasn't worthy, I don't really know. Or maybe he was a little worthy. I'll, I'll be honest, um, your, your explanation makes me think that whenever Iron Man and Captain America square off, you're more in the Captain America camp. And I am always solidly on Iron Man's side. <laughs> like, so, I, I, I love Steve Rogers, but sometimes he can be a little bit much. I, I will say, yeah, I do agree with that. And, uh, where he admires his own butt, he can be a little oh. full of himself. But that is a really funny moment. So I, I'm okay is. with it. Uh. I think that that theory was part of my headcanon mostly because Thor yells, I knew it. Yeah. And so I think he, because like they have that small moment where he notices the the hammer moves and he's like a little nervous. Yeah, right. yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um. Okay, I have now come up with my own theory. Okay. Just on the spot. Never had one before. I'm excited. Uh, now I think Mjolnir is partially the worthiness is based on your own internal like morality, but also like your thinking of yourself. And part of it is like you have to believe in yourself and you have to find yourself worthy um, in lots of ways. So it's kind of a self-esteem thing. 
And, and I think a lot of the time we are our own worst enemy, but we are also a pretty good judge of ourselves. And so that is why I, I kind of think he maybe couldn't fully pick it up because he didn't believe in himself at that point. And that's why other people can't. It's not necessarily because they're not like worthy, worthy. It's that they don't believe themselves to be worthy. Um, yeah, of that. Is your theory, Davis, that Iron Man was right? And so that's why he couldn't pick it up? <laughs> Steve, Steve had yet to suffer the embarrassment of, of of being told off by a very frail Tony Stark who just got back from almost starving or dying of lack of oxygen oh. in, in space where he's like, I said we needed to put a suit of armor around the world. Ugh. And 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 you said, you know, we'd lose together, Steve, didn't you? Well, uh, uh, I'm okay. Uh Steve Steve needed to suffer that embarrassment before he could lift Mjolnir. Well, I mean, we could also say that Iron Man is a little full of himself the way he interrupts his wife to say he invented time travel. <laughs> where <laughs> he pretends to care about her day so just so he could say i did it i hated that oh <laughs> um okay are we at the time uh i i want to just be conscious ryan yes I know. uh okay. we we could go we can have a little five minute leeway just to kind okay. of wrap things up i do need to say though i laughed really hard when the helicopter comes down and it blows all of ant-man's taco uh <laughs> out of the shell yes uh i also like smart hulk i think that's a funny joke but also like a nice little nod to hulk's stuff um i uh, it's hard because i also want to get into some nitpicks of they could have. I feel like they could have thought of something better than a rat uh, going into the van and accidentally turning on the quantum machine. Agreed. To get Ant Man back in, but that's that was their choice, and that's what they stuck with. All uh, right, I kind of like it because it almost shows the frailty of everything. Where this is a hundred percent an accident. He could have never come back. It could have been 10 more years, you know. Yeah, Thanos uh, should have snapped that specific rat away instead <laughs> of all the other ones. <laughs> um, I, oh, go ahead, Davis. Uh, I've, I've read a theory that, um, that that rat was actually Force-sensitive, and so it knew <laughs> that it needed to do that because it had communicated with another rat that, that was going to do it but that rat knew that it needed to be the one that did it, so the other one <laughs> blew its motivator. Uh, also, I've heard the theory that that rat ends up being Peter Pettigrew later, and it actually <laughs> makes sense why he did that. He uh, he he actually lost a toe when <laughs> when opening the uh, the quantum portal thing. Um. Yeah. Uh, there's just so much in this movie. I I'm I can I'm kind of with Corey where I do wish we got a fight with 
the more experienced Thanos. Yeah. Um, but I like it. It's it's not something I'm actively thinking about during the movie. Uh, the time travel has been a huge debate thing. Of, like, it splits off into different realities. Uh, but it also kind of gets muddled with the more you think about it. I can't quite remember the reasons why, but I remember at the time I was, like, trying to understand how it works. And I, I think they've ironed it out where it is just kind of like, this is one timeline and they're branching off multiverses. Uh, which I think is clever, but I... I think they like they justly need to spend a lot of time explaining it in like five different scenes. Probably uh -huh. knowing that it would be a little confusing to grasp at first. Um, but that being said, it's a, just another way to celebrate the MCU to just straight up go to scenes from different MCU movies and the ultimate quips are able to be said to just say a quip while watching basically a movie that has already happened and have different characters react to different scenes and stuff. And I think that was very great. It's very clever, quip, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I also think another clever thing in this movie is the way the credits happen. You always expect the post credit scene or the like mid credit scene. And the mid credit scene is essentially just the glorified Avengers uh, signature reel. And then oh, yeah. I, I think the Iron Man sound at the end, like the real post credits where it's just the sound of Iron Man hitting the hammer. Mm, it's good, but I'm not sure if that's the best choice. I guess we should talk about, maybe we should end this. <laughs> Sorry, I just went on a rant and then realized I'm taking up all the time, but. Should we end on Tony and Captain America's fake in the movie? Since that's kind of the big culmination after the battle. What do you what do you guys think of their what happens to Iron Man and Captain America? I I really appreciate this. <laughs> Go ahead, David. <laughs> Sorry. I I I feel like it... I I feel like it's a really um satisfying conclusion for for both of their characters. Like it's it's obviously a shame that they aren't like part of the MCU anymore, but both of them are fully realized characters. Like mm -hmm. Cap Cap doesn't really have anything more to give and so he can date his the aunt of that chick that he hooked up with and uh iron man went from being like completely self-obsessed to making the ultimate sacrifice 
So I like it. Corey? Yeah, just, I guess, like, a, I agree with that. And then my additional thought is I really like how we get the time for Iron Man to develop a life and to have his family and kind of get these goals that I don't think he would ever have had if he had to be Iron Man or if he felt the drive to be Iron Man. We have seen over and over again, he cannot give it up. So it's almost like this was his opportunity to give it up in the face of a crisis. He was able to take off that mantle and just live. Um, mm -hmm. And part of me wonders if it was almost the best case scenario for his family, which is really sad and bad, but he never became his dad for his daughter where he was like the person who left instead. I, I mean, he left because he died pursuing to save, like in order to save the world, but he was there for those years. Um, and I kind of feel like it's like a good end cap of he had this time where we, we never got to see him do that before, but also we didn't have to watch a movie of five years of him having time. We got a great little fast forward over that. Yeah. Um, also got to throw in Black Widow, who also oh. suffers a uh, fate as bad as death. <laughs> I I am really sad about the Black Widow one. And yeah, it, it really sucked that they we didn't get as much time to kind of like revel in that as we yeah, do for... Tony. Mm -hmm. Yes. It was it was it was thrown in so much with everything else. Yeah. Um but I think that's where her having the movie after feels yeah. really great. And Fair. we get that time later. I loved I I did my exclamation when I saw the vest because I haven't rewatched the movie since um Black Black Widow. Black Widow. Yep. Yeah. And and just seeing the vest made me so happy. <laughs> With all the pockets. Um, uh, yeah. As far as Captain America goes, I I liked his kind of end arc too, where he kind of gets to live the life that he wanted. I also want to share my theory that uh, he went into a world, like the multiverse that he created is the exact almost the exact same as the one that he, the universe that he came from where another Captain America also leaves at the same time and is married to the Peggy in his universe. And so they just do kind of like a universe swap and marry each other's Peggy's. Oh, that's it. That was my theory. I like that. And then that way it solves the problem of or the the theory of people thinking that that Peggy was married to him and she was just keeping it a secret from him. Which is a theory people have. I know that was a theory. Anyways. Pretty good. Pretty good movie. I like it. I we, I don't think we have time to do our ranking, so I I think next time. Well, I think here's something yeah. I wanted to ask. 
technically the end of phase three is spider-man far from home oh perfect so i think we we can do that episode and then i honestly think we should do a separate episode for our rankings oh i love that yes 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 i like it um yeah i we we have talked a lot so <laughs> and yet i still have notes we haven't gotten to me, How does me that too. Happen? yeah hey plenty plenty more feel free to uh to record a an extra 45 minutes without me or however long no, you guys I, have I, I'm going to be forced to be cut off. We shouldn't be allowed to do that. <laughs> we, we, we will save these notes and we can do a podcast re-release. Um, <laughs> with, 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 with the extended some version. Pod. Yeah. What, what, once this becomes the second most streamed podcast of all time. It so will feature the scene where slot. Jake Soli uh, brings out his ponytail. Yeah, brings those freaky little tendrils and, <laughs> and intertwines with Zoe Saldana. Um, okay. Yeah, you know what? Thank you all for listening. Uh, if if you have been with us for any amount of time, but certainly since the beginning, we we appreciate your your patronage and hope that you have enjoyed exploring the MCU as much as we have as we continue to plumb its depths and, and hopefully uh, branch out into the DCEU or the DCU um, and, and explore other comic book movies. But uh, until then, just remember, <laughs> endure or surrender the power. <laughs>